one and welcome to the Peak PT Studio podcast with myself, Rich Higgins, David Lewis Charlton and Arla and Tilly. And we just nearly recorded the whole thing on mute <laughs> until David spotted we were there. That's really? rule 101 of podcasting. We haven't learned much so far in our few months of doing it, but that's rule 101. Make sure you're recording. Yeah. <clears throat> How's your weekend, mate? That's a bang average podcast. <laughs> yeah, good, thank you. A good, boring but productive weekend. After our COVID spell, it was just a reset. Lots of washing, drying, cleaning, tidying, hoovering. All with the doors open. And then I come in this morning and it's bloody cold. It's freezing. Satisfying though, isn't it, when you do that? I feel like it's having a new workbook at school and when you write everything really nicely. (laughs) Like when all the washing's done and away, all the tidying's done, like kitchen surfaces are clear. Feels like first day at school workbook until you make a spelling mistake and have to like cross (laughs) it out. I need a whole new book. (laughs) Try and rule it out with that shitty tip X in a mouse thing. (laughs) <laughs> Do you ever have that at school? When the magic erasers came around. Yeah. <laughs> what, you can just flip the pen upside down and magically wipe it away. You can rub out ink. <laughs> good, good. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, all good. Um, Casual win. Cycling, running, yeah. I know you don't like to mention it. <laughs> uh, yeah, did big... What is it called? Big Mud Run, Big Feet Events. It sounds a bit like a Tough Mudder, but it was just a trail run around me on Valley. Uh, so it's 16 miles around there from QE Park, which was all good fun. Um, yeah, had a good time. My who was it brother-in-law and cousin-in-law were doing it as well. So yeah, that was all good. Um, it's a really cool event. I think a lot of them, I'm sure it's, I'm not putting my hat in the ring to organise an event, but... So I'm sure it's very, very difficult, but I think a lot of events now just do the standard, oh, there's a big footpath there or trail, so we'll run out and back on that or just run a loop around on that. Whereas this was kind of properly unique. They'd gone over some, obviously spoken with landowners and gone over some private land and all that kind of stuff. So it was a completely different route than you could potentially do otherwise. I think when you're paying money as well and you're paying like 30, 40 quid, whatever it is to enter something... And then they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do four laps of that field or we're going to run around that country park that you can run around anyway. Um, but, yeah, to have something kind of completely different was cool. Um, and, yeah, it course suited me down to the ground. It was nice and hilly. Just ran straight up Butser at the start. And, uh, yeah, so that so was long, good. So long, suckers. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> Got away at the start and then just ran scared for the rest of it. <laughs> Hoping no one would catch me up. Chase um, some jelly beans. Yeah. So yeah, it was all good fun. All good fun. Pug came to sport, didn't you, Tills? Came for a watch. Nice, nice. And then, uh, yeah, watched a bit more Physical 100. So we got Ooh. onto a bit of that, which I've been enjoying again. Uh, yeah, aside from the dubbing on the, the Korean voices. <laughs> You're so strong. You're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> we were saying this the other day. They've either just like... They're actually all slagging each other off and sledging each other horrendously and then the English dubbers are put over the top and just as if everyone's getting on really well. But yeah, the camaraderie between it all is really cool. And they seem genuinely impressed with each other's kind of feats of whatever they're doing, strength, endurance or oh, you're whatever so cool. it might be. Oh, you have yeah. a great physique. No, you have a great physique. Oh, I love your work. I love your work. <laughs> yeah, and they all seem to know each other as well, which I can't imagine if you got like well, I don't know, maybe. If you've got the fittest 100 people in the UK, 
maybe some of them would know each other, I guess, like fitness models and things like that. and Even influencers. Yeah, a couple of, there's like an Olympian in there as well, isn't there? So I guess, yeah, people would know know who they are. But yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Moving sand. Yeah. They're just, um, I think like you said, it's just simple but brutal tasks. Um, which is clever. And I think that with a lot of workouts as well is it's it's like the Instagram workout isn't it everyone likes balancing on stuff and using different bits of kit but actually the real simple stuff that we talk about all the time and nailing basic stuff is what works and it's exactly the same as what they've done in fitness testing whatever's minimally <clears throat> technical yeah. maximum effort because that's how you get physical like actually ending and capping out your physical zones isn't it something's got to be untechnical otherwise the technique breaks down before any of the physicality does where it's just shifting one thing from another and then it just becomes physical and mental which is cool so yeah it's, that's been pretty good and then we rolled out our slightly different different but not different like saturday classes i was explaining this to someone the other day and i think maybe on our last podcast we made it sound a bit more probably a bit more of a change than potentially it was and maybe a bit more performance well not necessarily performance based but a bit more like cross comparison than it was the yeah exactly the (laughs) idea is that we've given I think the best way I had kind of a half hour discussion with a client about this the other day the best way we came out with it at the end was their partner does or started to do a lot of indoor cycling and then got a bit disparaged when he kind of found this chart that said beginner intermediate advanced all that kind of stuff and had been doing it for quite a while and was still on the sort of beginner end of the spectrum and we're trying to explain there that like you can fit say a template of achievement over anything dependent on where your parameters are set and put someone at the beginner end or the advanced end like if you compared everyone to an Olympic athlete, everyone is on the beginner end of the spectrum. And so the idea with our classes is that we're giving people a stencil that they can put over their own achievement, no matter where they are in terms of their fitness journey and measure themselves against that, against themselves, rather than measuring against a whole fitness standard, as it were. You can look at your own achievement over a four-week time frame and improve on that and improve in line with your goals, whether that's health, performance, or just general well-being, um, rather than having like a generic stencil over the top um, of whatever. Because it's it's super easy to be like, you know, if you're new into something, say into the gym or into running or whatever it might be, you look at someone at the top end of whatever class you're in and think, Jesus, they're fit. But then equally they might be looking further afield into a performance gain and think I'm at the bottom end of that so it's just finding Olympic your Olympic athlete saying I'm yeah. bang average yeah. I'm a bang average Olympic athlete yeah 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 <laughs> I was talking to I was saying about this the other day we were talking about like um, uh, marathon times and stuff and uh, um, it was a bit of a like category sort of thing that we were talking about and you're having to say like a two two hour 30 marathon and in terms of like elite performance that's bang average. But if, if you meet anyone on the street and like, I run a 2.30 marathon, like, that's rapid. That's super impressive. 
Whereas in terms of like, if you're talking it in a sporting perspective, you know, they're running close to two hours now. So it's a long, long way off that. Um, and it's having that stencil to go over the top of wherever you are and still be able to see yourself on a line of progression, <clears throat> not necessarily against someone else or using someone else's stencil on top of your workout. Um, and hopefully that's what the, uh, the Saturday structure is going to do anyway. And then sort of similarly, you mentioned picking a, an adaptation for the month. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so again, it's it's same, same, but different as Rich said, where it's over the course of the month, you'll sort of pick up an average feel of the session um, as well as the numbers. So if you're consistent with coming on the Saturday, you'll see, again, no one else will be particularly paying attention to your numbers, but you'll hopefully be able to see and feel um, progression over the course of a month rather than too, too different. You don't sort of notice an average. So... I was really happy with like looking at the my zone belts on uh, Saturday. It probably didn't interest or impress anyone else but me, but I quite like heart rate graphs and how they look and data and things like that. But the idea behind this month's block is aerobic capacity and being able to work in and around that sort of 70-80% mark in terms of heart rate and effort and maintain that throughout the the duration of the class really and it means that the recovery periods don't have to be too long because you're not working particularly maximally and having a look on the board that seemed to work really nicely across the board everyone was in and around that yellow zone odd creeping up into like 90 percent plus recoveries were minimal down into the blue zone down to like 60 65 percent max of heart rate and then able to achieve back up so everyone seemed to be kind of bang on it in terms of what we wanted as an uh, as like you say energy system from the class um, especially ellie and maddie yeah they were absolutely spot on they worked side by side and it worked really nicely and again that's the stuff that we talked about last week and i say this to everyone like when we give them their program that they can read in their own time i'm well aware some people will not care about that whatsoever and will not care about their heart rate graph and will still just look oh that was a cool workout because i did x and i did this many meps and things like that but we're trying to do all the boring behind the scenes stuff that you don't then don't have to that we're going to work on your aerobic capacity and make you an all-round fitter individual slash athlete as i call everyone an athlete that we train um especially me trying to keep up with their recovery rate (laughs) they are perfectly consistent and following the plan and then i'm trying to max everything and then go "Ah." Slow down, guys. Take longer in between our sets. <laughs> you and Jamie just absolutely thrashing it out. They're onto like their four sets. Like, yeah, yeah. But you see how fast I did that ski hug? <laughs> so, yeah, I think that. Until one... next month. Yeah. <laughs> show you kids. Yeah, anaerobic tolerance next month. So short, sharp intervals, short recoveries, and see how we go on on that sort of stuff. But yeah, hopefully it gives a bit of structure and works quite nicely. We'll see how we see how we go over the next couple of weeks and couple of months. And adapt to it from there. Um, but yeah. All uh, feedback welcome. Unless yeah. it's bad. Yeah. Mainly positive. <laughs> then tell Tilly. Yeah. Head of Coach. H head of HR. <laughs> Snort along to you. Um on I was listening to a podcast earlier this morning. Something I haven't listened to for quite a while was James Smith and Ben Carpenter. There's a couple of really interesting points on there. And I think put it quite um, 
succinctly. They were talking about uh, weight gain in general, people being overweight, people being obese, or having obesity, um, and saying essentially there becomes a bit of a crux when it's like, when do you stop telling individuals they're overweight or obese or they're lacking willpower or they need to, I don't know, whatever people want to say, sort themselves out or look after their diet and, and training? And when do you start to see it as more of like a global issue? And actually, okay, if there's a lot of a, a lot of individuals or a good proportion of the population all struggling with the same thing, when does that become a societal issue on a grander scale and not just an individual, you're lacking willpower, stop eating sweet stuff, basically. Delicious, delicious yeah. sweet stuff. <laughs> I thought it was a like it's something we talked about quite a lot, but I thought it was a really good, succinct way of putting it, of shifting. Again, I don't want to say blame, but like shifting emphasis from an individual to a societal thing, and like where does it stop? Because further and further you get down the line, f- convenience of food now is insane, even in our lifetime compared to when we were kids convenience of everything really like there's still stuff that baffles me like obviously delivery and ordering and things like that but there's still stuff that baffles me in terms of the speed and delivery that you can get things it's kind of like being you know when you're close to a checkout and there's sweets everywhere I don't think they can do it as much anymore but there's always sweets and snacks everywhere close to the checkout because you just grab it you see it grab it and go and it has to be healthy snacks yeah does Legally. it? Really? They're not allowed to put <coughs> treats by the no way. end bit because people always grab them. So yeah. they can still have them, but it's like chewing gum and nuts and stuff. Nuts and yeah. health bars, granola not bars, or anything. <laughs> but, um, Middle ground. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's being in that situation all the time now because you've got access to it on your phone. It's super easy to order stuff. Takeaways are ridiculously easy everything is a click away. You don't have to move, you don't have to do anything. There was another one, I can't remember someone said it a while ago, is that you no longer argue about who is going to the chip shop or whatever to pick up chips. It's who's going to go to the front door to pick up the delivery that we've just ordered on our phone. That's insane. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not judging anyone by that. That's a stage that we've all got to. <laughs> We had a Domino's on Saturday. Yeah. Saturday night. Even though I'd gone out and bought the stuff for fajitas. Because we'd both... So I'd, I'd done the class, then we took Carla out for a nice long walk. And then cracked on with stuff. And by the end, we both looked at each other like, so who's going to cook fajitas? <laughs> <laughs> we both like, you? <laughs> like, nope. Okay, we've got it. We'll cook it for Sunday. That'll be our Sunday dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Domino's. Well, it was dreamy. Similar, after my run, I had three beers and a curry. Same, same, same. same. Felt like a proper lad on a Sunday night. <laughs> Didn't even feel a hangover, which was excellent. It's unusual for me with three beers. Perfect-sized curry. I actually had to check, after I'd had two, that they weren't non-alcoholic. It's all those jelly beans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... I've, I don't know, what do you think? Where does it stop? Where, in terms of, it's just going to get 
more and more, isn't it? That accessibility to stuff, that convenience of everything that we do now. Similarly, like with this, uh, I can't remember where I stole it from, um, but I always refer things back to whether something is a maths problem or not. Mm. And so whether there is an actual answer or whether it is just a put forward a case and there might be many correct answers, mm. some better than others, but all technically correct in their own way. So it's sort of like writing an English essay at school where people can write it differently, give different arguments and appeals that end up at the same place. Um, and I think a lot of problems arise when people think of it as a maths problem, mm. as if there is a correct one correct answer and that's when people are like it's sugar yeah yeah oh if you look at the sugar intake oh it's fat oh it's again sort of convenience it's and it is technically all of them yeah there's no right answer um i would personally i like to bring everything back to stress (laughs) (laughs) just as in so when i mean that i mean food is probably the easiest and accessible stress management technique Mm. that is highly effective Mm. as well as cost effective Um, and I could imagine most people would agree that life is stressful and as things technically get easier it actually gets more stressful and when things are stressful especially if you've got convenience you'll look for whatever the easiest way to manage and make yourself feel better. And again, there's no blame, we all do it. It's just some people have bananas lives and end up in a situation where they manage it with food, but that's Mm. just the same as other people managing it with drugs, alcohol, (laughs) but similarly other quote unquote healthy habits like exercise Mm. and some people can just take that as a as a sort of gospel and then however they manage their stress some people are lucky enough to have healthy habits and not push it to an absolute extreme whereas some people can get into trouble through pushing their exercise too much whether it's running cycling weight training bodybuilding strongman training, whatever it is, people can take anything to an extreme. It's just less frowned upon than Mm. food and obesity. Whereas from where I see it, it's the same underlying principle. Similarly, like with drugs and alcohol of just, it's a stress management technique. If you've been lucky enough to have it under control, great. If not, it's just the same principle as taking anything to an extreme. and then how you tackle that is, again, different for different individuals. So you could look at small groups, communities, similarities between people, whether you were to sort of break people up into work capacity, parents, single people, because again, someone might eat if they're lonely, whereas someone might eat to just because they're on the go with their kids all day and they have no time to themselves, whereas someone else might have all the time to themselves So it's an impossible answer to sort of give a a simple answer. It's just sort of, I think like we've mentioned before, sort of introspection 
and just sort of dissecting your own life and why you eat the way you eat. Again, it can come back to parenting styles, childhood habits and how your parents made you eat and what you saw, etc. what you read as a child from fitness magazines. Um, <clears throat> and so it's not to say it's sort of easy, but I think especially on a sort of societal level until things improve for a population, it's too difficult to ask individuals to sort their shit out. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's, <clears throat> it's so difficult when you get into the weeds of it. And something we've talked about a lot recently in terms of revamping the way that we deliver our nutrition through the studio and especially through the group training is it's almost impossible the way we wanted to start it out. Essentially what we wanted is to give people a template that they can work off and then explore out of. But we find ourselves a lot of the time in, I think, personal training like we've just done, talking about nuance and ifs and buts and where's, but actually giving people a structure that they can build from with our nutrition that we hand out. And it's very, very difficult to start this out and write it. Um, I think especially in the industry we're in, where you've got to be, a lot of people are quite conscious or definitely I think if you're a, kind of a practitioner, coach, whatever, worth your soul. A lot of people are conscious of the information they put out, but actually delivering to a mass audience and we're trying to sort of single down what, what are the bits of information that we dish out on a regular basis that really help people and can really make a difference and give people something that's impactful and that they can use and do going forward rather than giving people a it depends answer all the time and then they end up with so much decision and choice that they end up with that kind of paralysis <coughs> through analysis of oh well I'll just stick the same or I'll just stay where I am because it's easier to not do anything than it is to try and understand any of that or try and understand <coughs> any of the nuance and how you do going forward if I know I want a chocolate bar or any kind of treat so I go buying into, you one. And I, go, <laughs> and I go into the shop, but I don't know which one I want. <coughs> the bigger range of sweets I look at, I can never choose. Yeah. Similarly, I can imagine it's... It's like Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, it's I was going to say. Like, oh, I just spent the time watching... I should be watching a movie, picking a movie. Yeah. <coughs> um, and just too many choices can... You want to make the best choice. And when there's too many it can just make it too difficult to actually think, hmm, what is the best choice? Yeah. Whereas if you're like, what's the best of these three? It's like, oh, well, I know that answer yeah, straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mum's kind of like, I say this when we, with uh, me and Kelly all the time, my mum's the best person to watch Netflix with because she'll always just come up with a decision like quite quickly as well. Like one of the first sort of two or three films that you look at, she's like, yep, let's watch that, put that on and just started. And before you've even like had a chance to second think it the film started and you're into it and you started watching stuff no backseats yeah some ways it doesn't work out but for the most part it's really useful because otherwise you just sit there looking at series and films and oh we could watch that we could do this we could do that was i think action a lot of the time even if it's not perfect is better than inaction once you've started watching it you're like oh mm. yeah actually i like this one 
it's like we talk about with exercise, isn't it? It's like you can flounder around and think, what am I going to do? Am I going to go to that class at the gym? Am I going to do this? Am I going to go out for a run? What kit shall I wear? What do I need to take? All that kind of stuff. Oh, I'm only going to get 30 minutes. There's no point in going anymore. Versus, right, I'll get my shoes, get out the door and get to the gym and then do sort something. it, do something. And having <coughs> a little bit of action rather than just constant um, floundering, as it were. Um, but from a nutritional point of view, it's it's difficult to do. It's really hard to do. And especially when there's so much information, misinformation out there. And potentially not even misinformation, but just information that doesn't necessarily directly apply to you. Or information that sort of hasn't been fully identified by science, but mm. people believe they're right. So sometimes people can believe they're right, even if they're wrong. So they believe they're helping. <coughs> but not it's difficult isn't it that constant opinion as well I think with nutrition because everyone has a method or a diet that's worked for them at some point everyone eats so everyone has an opinion on it it's not like if you go into most other walks of life and most other jobs that people can have so much of an opinion on it or it's quite easy to it seems easier to shut down misinformation, I think, a lot of the time in other walks of life than necessarily. You know, if you've got a <clears throat> if you've got a thought about one industry or how something works and you meet someone from that industry and they're like, oh, no, that's actually not the case. Generally, you just take it as, OK, yeah, that's not the case. They clearly know what they're on about. They're in the industry. They're in that line of work. Whereas I find a lot of the time in fitness, if you meet someone through nutrition, it's like, oh, my friend did this. And even if you end up saying... You know, there's this and this and this. Why they they still kind of go away thinking, yeah, well, word for them, and it's that kind of reasoning a lot of the time. It's like politics. Yeah, <clears throat> I could not imagine running a country because of how much nuance there is just in nutrition, mm. and then apply that to everything. Mm. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but especially with politics, people tend to stick to their hard lines of what they believe, which is fine. But it's just, it grinds my gear when people uh, state their opinion as fact rather than understanding it's not a fact, it's just your best opinion on something, which is great. But it's mm. just when people fall into the trap of thinking it's fact rather than best guess opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a much safer place to be a lot of the time on, <clears throat> on anything really is and I guess it comes out of an industry for the most part we both did sports science at uni and um I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it I've done it <laughs> <laughs> Tilly's just eyeing up whether she wanted to jump off a chair or not um coming out of sports science and you learn pretty early on <clears throat> for the most part if you study that and if you study any science it's not necessarily right or wrong <clears throat> this is our best understanding at the moment this is what the research is showing us this is my current opinion it's open to change down the line when information changes and I think that a lot of the time rather than necessarily I think I don't know if there's you know like you said about the maths equation sort of thing a lot of people want black and white want yes and no um, and it can be really tough I think when you're dealing with those two conflicting sort of ideas and want for answers a lot of the time that's I think why we've 
found that part of dishing out a nutrition a nutrition template that is going to offer 80% efficiency to the masses yeah rather than having to individualize absolutely everything we do let's find the central ideas of methods that work and things that work for the most and then we can work out of that and actually give people a little bit of action to start out with um but i do think the the convenience thing's interesting i think not only is it changing nutritionally but also obviously physically what we do for the most part and that's a lot of the time when i speak to people about the training you do someone else said this the other day but not necessarily there's an obligation to do something because you're physically able and things but I think as a human um, you have physical capabilities and to work and test within those I think again it's not necessarily a mandate that you should do but I think everyone to a certain degree there's deep rooted um, thought processes that definitely push that to do something physical for me that outlets running and cycling and swimming and saying like why do you yesterday go and run 60 miles around there it's all right the simple answer is oh because I can and I enjoy doing it and stuff but there is definitely an inbuilt sort of physical testing I think you need that sort of outlet like we do have mentally with work and whatever it may be I think there's a need for a sort of physical outlet for most people anyway or how I see it. Why do you work out? To eat more. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly. I'd say it would be on the top of the pyramid. Mm. Um, and then... Because it does help me in improve the sort of physical capacity within normal life. So mm. I know I can do anything within normal working life without sort of worrying about injury pain being out of breath so it's just I like being generally resilient and then you know big biceps are cool yeah because it's got to be a bit more than like like you say even if the eating is top of it like there's more efficient ways of burning energy to allow you to eat more so there's got to be like more in depth to it the combination of all of them because even I think it's mostly just I got into <clears throat> weight training like we've mentioned before um, through rugby and so that's like a very underlying foundation mm. foundational voice in my head of do it because being strong is cool yeah. this, and you can yeah. play rugby if I ever get in Korea 100 <laughs> <laughs> rip that Physical ball from 100. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah I think that's sort of the main underlying reason of the methods I choose to achieve my fitness. Mm. Um, But then similarly, I can sort of manipulate it to build general overall resilience so that, again, I can physically do anything. If anyone wants to go and play around us, I can run around and do bits and pieces, especially Mm. it'll be helpful for kids. (laughs) those crazy things um, and similarly we've mentioned it before but not many people like to admit it anymore it does feel good to look good yeah oh, 100%. there's no no denying it at some points that won't be as much of a priority because of life other times life calms down and it's nice to be able to 
put it higher up the priority list and make changes in it, but it's not. If it was the be-all and end-all, I would have not done other things in life mm. because I had to maintain a way I look, whereas it's just a, a nice Brucey bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, like we've talked about before, that always comes somewhere in people's goals, doesn't it, really? Like, aesthetics come somewhere along the line. And because, as well, it can do a lot to... I can imagine, especially younger generation. Younger yeah. generation, just younger. Yeah. I think, as well, it's like... Dating and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Online dating. Yeah. I thank God I never went through that process. It's like when people say the dad bod, it's sort of like, oh, well... You know, I'm married, I've got kids. Mm, yeah. Don't really need to be too sexy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll just be functional. Yeah. <laughs> Not aesthetic. <laughs> great, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it does, it helps the other stuff, doesn't it? Like the mental side of, there's all that like, look good, feel good, all that kind of thing. And yeah, obviously it helps to a degree if you feel confident about the way you look is going to be of benefit to your mental state as well I always tend to describe it as you need to be able to live on both sides of the fence I think I stole this from the movie Lucky Number Slevin good movie oh, yeah, go watch yeah, yeah, it I've seen that uh, unbelievably I have actually watched that <laughs> lives on both sides of the fence where he is a spiritual rabbi and also a gangster yeah so you can sort of if you manage to blend two sides of the fence together you can not go to too extreme on one end and so again you can work on your aesthetics without becoming obsessed by it yeah but then similarly you can let your aesthetics go when life gets busy and then not get obsessed over it yeah that's what i mean by living on both sides of the fence I think that's interesting from what the we're talking... about. always green. Yeah. As he says. <laughs> it's interesting what we, from what we were talking about earlier with the nutrition and dieting and things like that. I don't know if a lot of the time that people's um, perception of that ideal... I don't know if this is just internal or media-based for people and what they see on social media, all that kind of stuff. But if that ideal of what they want to look like or feel like is slightly too perfect for the actual outcome of if people were happy being you know how many people do you meet that are like I'm a few kilos overweight or I'm a stone heavier than I want to be or I'm half a stone heavier than I want to be I often think with that is I don't know where that sort of parameter or that numbers come from to people and if I'm not necessarily saying that you should just settle because obviously we're in sort of the business of a lot of the time changing people's physical mental attributes all that kind of stuff but if you just shifted that mindset of I'm happy being in this sort of space and not yes I'm not absolutely perfectly how I'd like to be hey (laughs) perfect (laughs) but I'm within like within touching distance of that a lot of the time and I think that leads to a lot of frustration we talked about it in the goal setting when we're talking about that previously is that people's goals are kind of wildly outside of what they're actually willing to do or what they're currently doing, for sure. So you end up chasing something that's never really going to happen or never really going to happen until you change something significant. And so having that, like you said, I'm yeah, I, I'm not going to be 
absolutely ripped with a six pack or whatever it might be but I'm functional I can do what I want to do I enjoy my food I enjoy my training and sit content in that kind of position being content is very underrated I think <laughs> yeah a lot of the time rather than necessarily striving for something the whole time well because even if it's <clears throat> if you sort of take a step back and look at your life overall not that we're life coaches mm. but even just maintaining one area for example fitness whilst growing children getting having kids and growing them up progressing yourself at work progressing anything if you look at it over the whole of how many plates you're juggling even if you maintain one whilst improving others that's that's big progress rather Mm. than i tend to think people always like to progress every single plate rather than thinking Mm, I might be able to progress one so I'll just have to focus on how do I maintain the others whereas if you try and juggle too many plates you sort of end up just dropping them all yeah Um, and so maintaining fitness I think is very underrated as well even like maintaining weight Mm. people always think they sort of tend to be should be putting on or losing whereas just maintaining when life gets crazy yeah a massively underrated goal I think I'll relate it a bit to running because you mentioned it and I like relating <laughs> things like, to because I cared because <laughs> I liked relating things to running and uh, try not to relate it to accountancy or mechanics the whole time dinosaurs <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like obviously my goal is built a lot towards performance that kind of outcome and that's what I train for and things like that but when I ran yesterday, for example, um, I got to the front of the race fairly quickly with inside about 500 metres. And then the whole of the rest of the run, yeah, I enjoyed it and I enjoy what I do. But it's also, it was also stressful for the entirety of the rest of the run because you're in a position where the only thing that can happen is you can lose. It like in my mind is like you drop a place or you drop drop another place. And I kind of think that with chasing certain goals and things, it's cool and great to have like ambition and chase things. But I I think like that, like we said, there's a bit of sort of underratedness with being content in the position that you're in. And that, that thought process for me yesterday happened within the space of about a minute of being... 20 people back to getting to the front and then thinking shit I'm at the front the only way is back now and so it makes the next two hours or whatever it was a little bit more stressful than potentially it could have been and you've got two hours of negative self (laughs) (laughs) don't lose this dick yeah turning around initially turn around see one person behind me I was like that's not too bad seconds cool then see two people like oh I could um yeah but I think that with like I don't know an ideal of perfection is you know if you're if you chase a perfect quote-unquote aesthetic goal and that's to be super lean and all that kind of thing you get to that position and then the only way is sort of down from that and it's not necessarily everything that you wished it would be and all the feelings are pretty similar but in actual fact you know it's then just either okay what now where do I go to or I don't think necessarily it brings you a huge amount more contentment if you're not already um, at 
peace with sort of the process of getting there and enjoying what you're doing currently anyway if that makes sense I think if anyone was developed to develop an app where I think I've seen them where you can sort of put your face in and then it will aid you yeah 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 if they were to develop an app that said oh let's take a picture of you now full body and then you put in if you were to do x habits for x time yeah and then it changes your physique and shows you what you would look like I think it would be a lot more realistic where people would be like, oh, well, that hasn't changed me much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yep, you got to do it for quite a long time. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting one. Something we'll probably get into, uh, I think, on another podcast, just kind of goal setting and, yeah, contentment over always chasing and always progressing. Because, like, I think you say, with anything we know in the gym, being particularly lean or particularly fit in whatever you want to chase takes an awful lot of time for potentially minimal return (laughs) depending on you know a if that goal means something to you or you're enjoying the process along the time along the way um as well cool you've got a six-pack but you're still an asshole yeah (laughs) i don't want to date you (laughs) (laughs) that always reminds me back of we were talking about footballers earning loads of money one lunchtime and one of my friends was like oh if I earn loads of money as a footballer I wouldn't be a dick with it and blah blah, blah. and my other friend just went you're a dick now you'd be more of a dick with money <laughs> and it's kind of like that with fitness is like yeah I'd be really cool and content if I got to this position it's like you're a jerk now having a six pack's not going to change that <laughs> being faster at running's not going to change that there's an awful lot more to it around the whole process than just the outcome like oh you're an all or nothing person good that means you would then have to maintain it forever yeah 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 (laughs) that's my favorite thing when people say about all or nothing it's like well you're not dead and you're not (laughs) it's like okay yeah all or nothing (laughs) excellent we got on a few tangents tilly's growling at arla because she's got a ball and she hasn't so there's your uh contentment and chasing what other people (laughs) grass is always greener it's a ball that she doesn't even want or can't pick up (laughs) excellent any other business 25th of march we've got our social walk um information will be going out on that this week and obviously more aerobic work on saturday for our class a couple of weeks to go before it's in your wheelhouse Tilly's singling the end of the podcast. There we go, guys. Cheers for listening. Catch you next week.